Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, let's go in our Bibles to the uh, book of Revelation, chapter 3, all right? Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, your word is life to us, health to us, encouragement to us. Uh, And we thank you, it will strengthen us today about your end time prophetic events, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name, for the utterance to speak and hear it. Amen. Amen. We are in a series on end time events. We've talked about different things. This is uh, our third in our teaching on that. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about the tribulation. And uh, when I'm done today, uh, I think it will be to uh, those of us that, you know, are Searching for truth, I think it'll be it'll be apparent that uh, the church is not going to be here during this period, and that is one of my intentions to show you today. Instead of so much talking about the gory things that are going to take place during the tribulation, which is going to be plenty of that, is not something you want to be here for. <clears throat> and so instead of just you know talking about all that, you know you can find you can read the book of Revelation, and uh, just you know there's other. Uh, Uh, books in the Bible, prophetic books that talk about it. But if you just read the book of Revelation, it'll tell you enough about it to know you don't want to be here. All right? The things that are going on. But I want us to go, and let's begin at Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. If you have a Bible with you and you want to look on, look at this verse. The Scripture says, just as Jesus talking to the church at Philadelphia, not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia and Asia Minor, this was a city in Turkey, what we would call Turkey today. It it's, it's goes by a different name today. But he's speaking to this church, and, and he's actually speaking to seven different churches uh, here in chapter 2, chapter 3, and, and giving them um, uh, instructions, rebuke, praises, and so forth. And I, I just believe when you read these uh, instructions and and, and uh, the things that Jesus said to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, they, they, they uh, go beyond just that age. They go beyond just that time. There, there, there's times in the Bible, when, in the prophetic scriptures, where uh, God, the, the, the prophecy has double reference. It, it may apply to that time right then, but it also is speaking about future events. And, and you'll find that. You'll find where the spirit of prophecy would come on one of the prophets and he would prophesy about future things. He'd be talking about things going on in Israel's day and then all of a sudden he'd say, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Had nothing to do with what he was talking about at the time, but it was prophetic. It was a prophetic word. And, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. All that the prophets said, all that the word of God said, it, it, it painted a picture of Jesus and one day he became flesh. And that's what we're celebrating in this Christmas season. Amen? Amen? Now, so this is one of those verses that is like I would like to call a blanket promise. It, it, it's more than just to the church at Philadelphia, but it extends to all of God's people. Now, I want you to read this with me. In, in, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, God, Jesus said, Because you have kept the word of my patience, uh, or some... Translations say, my command to endure. I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, which will come upon all the world 
to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, uh, in, in this passage, uh, Jesus talked about there is a time coming, an hour, a time. It doesn't mean a physical hour, a little hour, but a, a period of temptation which is going to come upon the earth and it's going to try all of those that dwell on the earth. And he said, I'm going to keep you. Uh, notice he didn't say, I'm going to keep you in it. He said, I'm going to keep you from it. That's real important. Hallelujah. Some teach we're going to be kept in it, but Jesus said, no, I'm not going to keep you. In it. I'm going to keep you from it. So there, there is something coming. We, we, we've termed that this, and because it is scriptural, we've termed it the tribulation period or the great tribulation. In other words, there's a time coming on the earth after the rapture of the church that is going to be one of the most intense times of trouble that the world has ever seen. Uh, the scripture talks about it's a time that has never been before nor ever will be again. And so it's going to be such intense tribulation, such intense trouble, that it's just something that you don't want to be here for. Yeah. Amen. Now, you know, Jesus said it. We read this scripture before in our teaching that Jesus said in Luke uh, chapter 21. He said, I will he said uh, pray that you may uh, be worthy to escape all these things. Talking about the tribulation that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So he talked about us getting out of here. Now I have heard people make fun of us believe in the pre-trib, you know, the pre-trib rapture of the church that we believe we're going before the tribulation period. They call us escape us. I'm very happy to escape all this mess. Just like, amen, just like Noah was in the ark when the flood came. I'm very happy not to be here for this. And I'm going to show you there's good reasons why we won't be here. I actually believe this, that we're actually beginning to experience the outer bands of the tribulation right now. You know, when a hurricane comes in, you start feeling the outer bands. It starts hitting the outer bands, start hitting the shore. Have you ever seen, and I'm sure you have, the hurricane coverage by the Weather Channel or one of the news media channels, and that hurricane's coming in, and they're out there with their slicker on, you know what I'm saying? And that wind's blowing, you know, and they're braced like this. You ever seen them braced like that? Yeah. Have you ever seen that picture before? Yeah. I, was, I told Phyllis, I was watching. I don't know what hurricane it was that was coming in. And this guy was talking, to him, and he was braced like this, and, you know, he could just barely stand. And then behind him, they, this was not planned. I'm sure they weren't happy this happened. But a young teenager in a pair of shorts just goes casually walking by. And he's not being blown anywhere. And so I'm thinking, well, that blew the coverage right there. But how you know, there is a, that really, there is the bands that come in, and they get out there, and they report on that. And, and it, just, it just lets you know there's something bigger coming. Amen. Now, as messed up, as our world is right now, which is as bad as I've ever seen it, as far as some of the things that are going on, the immorality and things that are going on. Yes, we've had times of World War II and the, 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 the turmoil and the stress that happened then. I understand that. But I'm just talking about as far as morality, as far as anti-God, as far as we don't want God in our world. We don't want God in our schools. We don't want God in our government. We don't want God in our lives. That is all prophesied by Paul. He called it a great falling away from the faith, a turning from the faith, which we're seeing. And, and, and as crazy as it is today, and to me, people have literally uh, are delusional today. 
Can I have a witness? People are delusional today. Uh, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. We had our issues, but we weren't this delusional. We did our drugs. We did our LSD. We did all that, but we weren't this delusional. We had some, we had some connection with reality. And so as bad as we see it today, there's something far worse coming. We're just filling the outer bands of it, but it's about to hit the shore. But thank you, thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna, I've already shown you through the word, but, but basically all this teaching on the end times we've done has basically been to show you about how the church is not going to be here. And I think we've proved that point already, but this is really going to do it today. All right. So let's talk about this. All right. Let's talk about this for, for a little while. What, what's the purpose of this tribulation? Does just God want to see us, see people suffer? How many know God's not into suffering? Right? He's a good God. Amen. And uh, He's extended His grace and His mercy to everybody. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, Paul said this. He said, He's not imputing the trespasses of the world against them. As far as he's concerned, it's all forgiven. But you have to accept that. And so this tribulation period, we're going to see, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something that's coming on the earth because of the rejection of the grace of God. Once you reject grace, there's nothing left. Now look at this. <clears throat> we're going to look at some scripture today, is that all right? Because <clears throat> we'll, we'll need to, to, to uh, show you some things today. Let's go to the book of Revelation. Uh, well, we're writing Revelation. Let's go to chapter 6. Go there. So there's two purposes. There could be more than this, but there's two main purposes of the tribulation. And I want to show those to you. Let's begin here in Revelation chapter 6. And um, I want to I read just uh, uh, three verses. Go with me to verse 15. It says, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, every bondman, every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. And they said unto the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The first reason why we have the tribulation period is because it is the wrath of God. Now, we live in a time where the church has seemed to forgot about the wrath side of God. But it's still there. It's just that He's extended His grace towards mankind. Well, we sing about, you know, the, you remember the Charlie Brown Christmas. I love the Charlie Brown Christmas when Charlie Brown says, Can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, I can, Charlie Brown. He nailed it, didn't he? Linus nailed it. See, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. That's what God wants. But if man continues to reject the grace, there's nothing left but the wrath side. So the, 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 book, of, the, the book of Revelation, now not just in this one place, but I, I didn't want to take the time to look at all the scriptures, but there are several scriptures in the book of Revelation that describe the tribulation as the wrath of God. It's when God comes out to punish those who've rejected His grace. Thank you for your excitement, praise God. <laughs> We're not going to be here, right? 
But, but here, here's the good thing. I want to show you there's some good things about this. You know, for us, I want you to go now to, to, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I, I know I'm not taking a lot of scriptures to prove to you that point, but you know what? You can find it out for yourself. Just do the word wrath and look in the book of Revelation, and you're going to find out that the tribulation period is described as God's wrath on unrepentant man. Now, look with me. How many know you, you know you, how many know your parents don't didn't really want to have to punish you? But you just kept pushing it, right? Isn't that right? How many all kept pushing it when you and always do, you know, when you push it too far. When when mom called you by your full name, that meant the jig is up. Right? My dad never did that. He just told you, and if you didn't do it, thunk, you know. He took care of it. But, but mom would, like, give you, you know, you know they didn't know timeout, right? They knew knockout. <laughs> they didn't know timeout. And so I wish somebody would have taught them timeout. It would have been a lot easier. But, you know, the, the, eventually the wrath comes, doesn't it? You know, she tries to work with you. Her dad tries to work with you. Mom tries to work with grace. But eventually you push it until wrath comes. And then, you know, you've pushed it too far, right? Now, here's the interesting thing. Here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, like I said, I'm going to look at a few scriptures, maybe 8 or 9. We'll see. Maybe not. Look with me at verse, um, let me see where we want to go. Let's go to verse 8. 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Hallelujah. But, how, but, but to obtain salvation, how? By our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. He, he, he tells us how the Lord Jesus is going to save us from wrath. Verse 10, who died for us, that whether we're awake or sleep, we should live together with him. Remember, we read the scripture. Go over here. We read the scripture before, but go over here to 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 4. Verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet them, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Whether we're awake or whether we sleep, we're going to go be with the Lord. That's how we're going to be delivered from the wrath to come. We just read those scriptures right there in Thessalonians 4 that in the rapture, the Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up in the air to be with him. In other words, the rapture is our deliverance from the wrath to come. It's right there, isn't it? Whether we wake, whether we sleep, we're going to go be with him. He's going to come and get us before he pours out his wrath. Because God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no need for us to be here during the wrath of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, do you all see that? Now, did you know, listen, did you know that the rapture is in the book of Isaiah? I'm going to show you. I got Isaiah 26. Go there. And then we're going to come back and look at another scripture in Revelation, Isaiah 26. We're, we're just going to just um, take and look at some of these scriptures this morning. 
You know, Paul said to comfort one another these words. Jesus said, when all these things begin to come to pass, how I many he said, look, lift, look up, lift, lift your heads up, for your redemption is drawing nigh. Hallelujah. Why, why does the church need to know that the Lord's about to come? Because it'll affect the way we live. It'll affect our lifestyle, see. Uh, and we need to preach it. You know, that, that was one of the messages that got a hold of me when I was out doing drugs and living the lifestyle I was living. Uh, I began to hear things about the rapture of the church, that, that Jesus was coming back to get the church. Uh, of course, my mom was spirit-filled. You know, she, like in 1972, she, got, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, she started going to church and and then after, and I didn't know, I don't know all, I don't know anything about what's going on. I just know mom goes, was going to church and she changed and she got a little weird for us. Actually, she got a little righteous for us is what happened. And so she's going to church, you know, and, and then the next thing I know, she, she, gets, she gets kind of booted out of her church. Her and a group of people get booted out of their church. Well, I mean, I, you know, all I know is all all I know is they got more spiritual than this group, and so they didn't want them in the church any longer. Later on, I found out they got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, and got the left foot of fellowship. It's called booted out of the church. Of course, I don't know all that. I'm not saved. You know, I'm just no mom's changed, man. She's gotten a little weird on us here, you know. Uh, she doesn't do the things she used to do. She doesn't go to the place she, does, she used to go. She, does, she, she doesn't listen to the music she lo- used to listen to, you know, because, you know, she, man, when I remember as a kid, she'd clean up, you know, be in there sweeping, you know. I was five years old. She's in there sweeping, you know, running the sweeper, playing the, you know, uh, stereo uh, record player or whatever it was. You know, it's kind of a console thing, you know, you know, the 78, you know, Roger Miller. How many remember Roger Miller? Trailers for Sailor Wind. Yeah, y'all. Y'all remember that song, right? Yeah. I'll take a rope and hang me high from the highest tree. Woman, don't you wait for me. Do, 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 do. How many of y'all remember that? So mom being there, man, Roger Miller's just blasting, you know. And, that, and, and, she's, and she's smoking those Salem cigarettes one right after another, you know. And she'd lay them down in the ashtray and I'd pick them up and smoke them after her, you know. Like, <laughs> I started young, I'm telling you. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, but then she met Jesus, and it all changed. Amen. And to us, she just got weird. But you know what? I look back, and I'm saying, thank God my mama met Jesus Christ. Because yeah. yeah. if my mama hadn't met Jesus Christ, I'd probably be dead and in hell today. But because she met Jesus Christ, oh, hear me now. Uh, you know, my mama's getting old. One day, one day, maybe 10 years from now, who knows? She could live 20 more years. One day I'm going to do her funeral, and it's not going to be hard to do. And I'm going to tell you why it's not going to be hard to do, because I got a lot to thank mama for, because she led me to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. By her uncompromising faith, by her uncompromising witness, by her constantly telling me, how would you like to be at that rock concert when Jesus comes back? Come on, anybody else hear that kind of thing growing up? Or was I the only one persecuted like that? Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, if what you say is true, it doesn't matter whether I'm, whether I'm at the Kansas concert, the Ted Nugent concert, or I'm sitting at home. If I'm not ready to go, I'm not going. 
But she would talk about the Lord coming. And I want to just say this to you. You know, sometimes you may think your kids aren't listening, but the word does not return void. It's getting in there. Amen. And so she would, she would sometimes leave tracks around. One track she, she left around, she would leave around, and I picked it up. Like to scared the, lo- the 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 death out of me. <laughs> Hallelujah! It was called "This Was Your Life." It was about what would happen when you died, man, and you went before the white throne judgment seat of Christ. See, all those were seeds, right? And so they got inside of me, you know. And so I I just really really believed that Jesus was coming back. When I didn't give my life to Christ, you know. Uh, but I certainly, that certainly, at, 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 you know, right away, you know, it took years. But I'll just be honest with you, if she hadn't put that in me, I wouldn't have never known anything about Jesus. You know, wouldn't have never taken it seriously. Wouldn't have never given my life to Christ. Thank God for people, godly, godly women. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. amen. And sometimes it's got to be the dad, right? You know, I've seen that that be the case. But just stay true, amen? I, I, can, stand, I can stand, when that, when that day comes, I can stand at my mother's casket and I can say, I never saw the woman compromise her faith. Amen. Never. Does that mean she was perfect? No, nobody is, right. right? We're all still flesh. But I never saw her compromise her faith. I never saw her preach one thing and then go live another. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Look here in Isaiah 26. Come on. (laughs) That's kind of a side issue, sidetrack there, but I hope you got something out of that. So Isaiah 26, when I saw the scripture, I thought this is, I saw this, this, I didn't just recently see this. I've seen this some time ago, but I thought this is the rapture of the church. Isaiah 26 Verse uh, 19, <clears throat> it says, Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. They shall, they shall arise. Awake, ye that, that sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Isn't that the resurrection? Amen. Isn't that, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, yeah. right? Yeah. Then we which are alive and remain. Of course it is. Yeah. Now notice what he said in verse 20. He said, Come unto me. Come, come, my people, and enter into your chambers and shut the doors about you and hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation, the wrath, be overpassed. See, didn't, didn't Jesus say, I'm going and I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I prepare a place for you, I'll come and receive you, that where I am, there you may be also? See? A place in my father's house are many. You know what the word mansions means? Dwelling places, chambers. So Isaiah's prophesying about the rapture of the church. Come and hide yourself until the wrath is over fast. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover the slain. Well, how I many know after the tribulation period, all that's done with? No more covering the slain, no more. That Jesus is going to come and reign. Right. Amen. Amen. So I thought, right there we have it. 
That's the rapture of the church in Isaiah. Hallelujah. And he's telling us the reason why he's going to come and get us and hide us is because there's indignation coming. There's wrath coming. And he doesn't want us to be here in it. Hallelujah. 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 Does that mean we're going before the tribulation period? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let's look at another scripture about this. And then I want to talk about the second reason that uh, the purpose of the tribulation. Go with me to Revelation chapter 7. Come on, are you learning anything today? I know some of these things you, you already know, but boy, I tell you what, I, I like to hear them again. <clears throat> I like to be reminded. You know, there's all kinds of people in the church attacking the, 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 pre-rap, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, saying, oh, no, we're, we're going through the tribulation, you know, and all that. And, no, 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 there's all kinds of scriptures that show we're not going to be here. There's no point in us being here. We don't need to be here for the wrath of God. It's not for us. Amen? And I showed you last week, you know, in Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3, it talks about the church. Church, 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 church. Revelation 4, the Lord says, I'm going to... I'm going to show you. See, the Lord said, I'm going to show you things. Told John, he said, I'm going to show you things that are uh, and, that, and things, that are, that things that were, things that are, things that will be hereafter. And so in Revelation 4.1, the Lord says, come up hither. I'm going to show you things that are hereafter. Hereafter what? The church. Yeah. The church age. And from that point on, Revelation 4, all the way throughout, we don't talk about church any longer. Because the church isn't there. The church isn't. In. How many believe if the church was in the tribulation period, the Lord would probably talk about the church. He'd probably give us instructions on what to be doing. Amen. It's kind of like when you think about certain things that, that, that people say have passed away. If you say the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. Well, why would God give us instructions on how to operate them if they passed away? That makes no sense at all. Why would He cause that to be part of the Scriptures for out eternity? And now here's how you use these things. Oh, but they have passed away. So it just ignore that part of the Bible. I don't think God's stupid, do you? Amen. Now, look at this in Revelation chapter 7. Go with me there. This is, part, this is during the tribulation period. This is part of the tribulation, what's going to happen. <clears throat> in verse 1 of chapter 7, it says, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Now, I studied this one time. I, I, I read that scripture. I thought, well, what would happen if the wind stopped blowing on the earth? And I found out it'd be catastrophic. It would change the ecosystems. Places that uh, normally get rain wouldn't get any rain. Places that, other places would just be flooded with rain. Uh, the, the temperatures would change. It would cause some places to get scorched by the sun. The, the winds regulate the, in the environment. Amen? And so if, when this happens, this is going to be a big deal on the earth. I mean, there are going to, people are going to die from this. This is going to, this is going to be catastrophic. And uh, so he said in verse 2, I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Notice it doesn't say, and there were sealed 
the church. It says the 144,000, which the Bible, as you read on about these people, they were, they are, they, they, these are 144,000 uh, people in Israel, Jewish people, that missed the rapture. They weren't in the church, but found God, found Jesus, and they became what we call, we've, we've referred to them before as Jewish evangelists. They're called servants of God. They go forth. Hallelujah, as servants of the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm bringing this plague on the earth, but before, I want you to seal them so they don't get hurt by it. Well, if the church was here, the church would be sealed. So the church must not be here. Woo! Praise God. Now you put that together, listen now, with what I've already taught you about the other two messages. How many can say there is absolutely no way the church is going to be here for the tribulation period? It just can't happen. Number one, the tribulation is because of the wrath of God. Number two, and I want to show you this, is actually God's final dealings with Israel. Now listen to the way I'm saying this. He, he's going to use the tribulation period to bring Israel into the new covenant He has for them. How many, know this, how many know that the covenant that you and I enjoy, this new covenant? Sometimes we forget that it was for the Jews. Right? Listen now, I hear people teach different things like the Jews can get saved another way. Nobody comes to, to God the Father but by Jesus. I don't buy that. This new covenant... God made it for the, I mean, he, yes, yes, he knew the Gentiles were coming in, understand that, but it was first to the Jews. It was first to them, which is why we should pray for them and stay on their side and bless them and don't believe the news media when they speak contrary to them. I'm not saying they're perfect, but let me just say the land they're in, that's their land. God gave it to them. It's in the Bible. The Bible says Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Right? So God's got a right to give it to whomever He wants to. Amen. So we need to stay on the right side of things here. Amen. Now, so let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Just, just we're, get, we're, we're winding down here, but I hope you're getting something out of this this morning. A little bit of teaching here this morning about what we need to know, some of these things about the end times, because the church is not preaching on this as a whole any longer. A lot of our young people are just, they don't even know the Lord's coming back. But He is. And I want to tell you something. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to, you don't want to be here for the tribulation period. You say, can I get saved if I'm left behind? You could get saved, but I'll tell you what, it's going to take, it's going to take some determination. Because they're not going to, the church isn't going to be here. Uh, listen, they, the Bible says there'll come a time when you can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Are you willing to go through all of that? Why don't you just get saved and enjoy heaven with the rest of us? Amen. Miss out on all of that. Amen. See, so there's, there's people, well, yeah, well, they'll get saved during the tribulation period, but man, it could cost them their life. And most people, I find, if they don't have enough spunk to come to church today, they're not going to have enough spunk then. 
It's like I've told you more than one time about a guy in Dr. Barclay's church one time told him, said, well, pastor, I, you know, because doctor, you know, he said, I know you believe in the, 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 the pre-tribulation rapture that we're going in the rapture before the tribulation. He said, but I believe we're staying here for the tribulation. That's just the way I believe it. I love Dr. Barclay's answer to him. He said, well, you're not. He said, you're not going to make it. He said, you can't make it to church now. You certainly aren't going to make it during the tribulation period. If you can't live for God now, what would make you think you can live for God? Come on. It's kind of like tithing. If you can't tithe off $50, what makes you think you can tithe off $5,000? Brother John Osteen, who's in heaven, he had a guy in his church. He told this story. He said he had a guy in his church. He said, uh, Pastor, will you pray for me? He said, you know, I just need to make more money. And so Brother Osteen prayed for him, and the guy started prospering. And he, he got up to where, you know, he was making, you know, $500 a week, which was a lot of money in that day. Then it got up to $5,000. It just kept going up. So he went back to his pastor, Pastor Osteen. He said, Pastor, he said, I got a problem. He said, when I was making $500 a week, he said it was easy for me to give that $50 tithe check. He said, but now that I'm making all this money, it's hard for me to give that much money away. Can you help me? He said, I sure can. I sure can. And he laid his hands on him, and he began to pray, Father, decrease this man's income to the point where he can tithe. The guy goes, no, no, I can tithe. How I many know oh, you should never forget, it's the Lord thy God that gives thee power to get wealth. Right? Don't ever forget, it's the Lord thy God that blessed thee. And if he wants it all, how I many know oh, we should be willing to give it all to him? Amen. Now, Jeremiah chapter 30, have you found that? All right, so the second thing, this tribulation, the purpose of the tribulation is it's God's final dealings with Israel. <clears throat> and I mean that by saying that, I don't mean that he's done with Israel. What I'm saying by that is, is to complete the covenant he has with them, to bring them into the new covenant. Or let's say it this way, to bring them to their true Messiah. All right? Jeremiah 30, verse 1. We're going to read nine verses. It says, The word of the Lord that came, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write all these words that I have spoken unto you in a book. Put them in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord. I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers and they shall possess it. Well, I mean, this has already happened, right? May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation again. Never had it been a people that had been scattered throughout all the earth, lost their homeland, ever become a nation again. But Israel did. Only one's ever happened to. Because God said he would do it. And these are the words, verse 4, that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. Thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling of fear and not of peace. Ask you now and see whether a man doth prevail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. This is just a description of what's going to come to Israel during this tribulation period. It's going to be a very intense time of tribulation. Verse 7, alas, for the day is great, there, so that there's none like it. See, Jesus said that there would not be tribulation in Matthew 24. There wouldn't be tribulation like this ever 
uh, had, had happened ever before or will happen ever since. He said, and unless the days were shortened for the elect's sake, no flesh would be saved. Well, who is God's elect? Well, Israel's God's elect. Isaiah 45 verse 4 tells us that. Paul called the Israel the election of God. Of course, we're elect too. But Israel's God's election. They're His elect. And, and he went on to say, Alas, notice this, for that is a great day, for that day is great, so that there's none like it. It is even a time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Years ago, we used to call the tribulation Jacob's trouble. Because it's a time of intense trouble for Israel. For it shall come to pass, verse 8, In that day saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his, the Antichrist, yoke from off your neck. I will burst your bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. And, but they shall serve the, listen to this, but they shall serve, talking about Israel, they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I'll raise up unto them. Did you know God's going to raise David up to be king over Israel again? Yeah. He's not done being king. Hallelujah. Now, this is, this is talking about the tribulation period. What, let, let me give it to you. And look, there's a lot of preaching we could preach on this, but for our t we're just making this short today. I'm not making this a series. I could, but let's just, let's just, let me tell you why the tribulation period is so important to Israel. Because it, it, Israel does not recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Yes, there's Messianic Jews, but we're talking about on a whole. They don't recognize Jesus as their Messiah. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come. See? And what's going to happen is the, and we'll, we'll read this in Daniel if we have time. The Antichrist is going to come. He's going to make a covenant with Israel. But during the middle of that, he's going to break that covenant. And they're going to realize they've been duped. You listening now? And uh, they're going to realize we have made a major mistake. This guy is not on our side. He is not our Savior. And he's actually, the Antichrist is actually going to turn on Israel. And the Bible says he and his armies are going to make war. We call it the Battle of Armageddon. During that battle, Jesus is going to come back. Come on. And he is going to rescue his people. He's going to rescue Israel. He's going to destroy the Antichrist and his armies. And the Apostle Paul, now listen to this. This is in Romans. This is in your New Testament Bible in Romans chapter 11. Paul said that blindness has happened to Israel in part until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. See, right now we got a Gentile church. The Gentile just means nations. A church just from, full of people from all nations. Right? Uh, and so, but there, there's a time when the time of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. In other words, God's no, he, he's going to turn his attention from the Gentiles. He's going to turn it back on Israel in his dealings. See, now, what's going to happen is Paul said this in Romans. Listen now, I, when I first read, this, read these scriptures, I thought, how in the world is that going to happen? It says, all Israel shall be saved. Yeah. Paul said, the deliverer 
In Romans 11, he says, The deliverer shall come out of Zion. How many know who that is? Jesus. And all Israel shall be saved. What's going to happen? At the battle of Armageddon, Jesus is coming back to the earth. He's going to deliver Israel from the Antichrist armies. They're going to all turn to him that are alive on the earth. Because their deliverer, their true deliverer came out of Zion and delivers them from the powers of the Antichrist and the nations of the world. And they will serve him from now on. All Israel will be saved. All that are on the earth will give... (laughs) The Jewish people will see this is our true Messiah right here. He came and saved us and delivered us. Right when they're about to get wiped out, all of a sudden, you and I are with him. Hey, I'm just telling you something you're going to live out. You're going to get to live this out. And, (laughs) oh my. And so they'll see him come. See, the Bible, Joseph is a type of Jesus. You know, Joseph was sold into Egypt. And, you know, he's there. And his brothers come to buy grain. Remember that? And they don't recognize him, right? But the second time they saw him, he was revealed to them. See, Jesus, the first time he came to his brethren, they didn't recognize him. But the second time, they're going to they're gonna know who he is. Just like Joseph's brothers, they didn't know him the first time, but the second time, this is Joseph. Hallelujah. Let me tell you why this is important to us. I'm going to tell you why it's important to us. It's because it's important to God. It's important that He keep His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And He's going to do it. Amen? All right. Come on. I hope I haven't swamped you with a bunch of information this morning. But I want you to go to one last scripture. Go to Daniel. This one really is really where you've got to pay attention. All right. You don't pay attention on this one, you'll lose it because we're going to talk numbers. I should have Brother Teach come up here and preach this one. Dealing with numbers. I was not a math person. You know? I mean, I, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't have to count. I can take my shoes off still. But, you know, I remember, I remember algebra class. I'm thinking, why in the world? Y plus, y plus B equals Z. I'm, why? These people are confused. You don't, add, you don't add letters. You add numbers. But there's a reason for that. But I just, you know, at the time in my life, I'm thinking, I don't know what I'll ever use this for, you know. I'm going to work on a railroad. I've been working on a railroad all, all live long day. That was my plan. My dad was a railroader. I was going to be a railroader, you know. We're going to railroad all the live long day. And I don't think I need to know Y plus B equals this. How can Y plus B equals seven? It, 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 no. And so, but I had to take algebra because it was required class, you know, when you were in high school. But once I, but all, once I got done with algebra, that was it. I'm, I'm done with math. So, but we're going to talk some numbers here. I want you to look with me, Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to try to make this as clear as I can be, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be done today. Daniel chapter 9, go with me to verse 24. Gabriel has appeared to Daniel. Daniel's been fasting, he's been praying, he's been seeking God. And, and the angel comes to him, Gabriel, and he begins to give him a revelation about the end times. And in Daniel uh, 9, 24, it says, 70 weeks, 
This is Gabriel talking to Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon your people and upon the holy city to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make a reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. All right, now, now listen now. Uh, he said 70 weeks, okay? Now, now let, me, let me explain this to you, all right? The, the literal Hebrew brings this out that this is 77s. Okay, 77s. So we have to determine what are the other sevens. What are those sevens? Now, the King James Version and many other translations say weeks. There's nothing really wrong with that. But we have to understand they're, they're, this is symbolic. It's not a literal week. It's literally 77. It's, it's, it's literally 77-year periods or 70 periods of seven years. Are you with me? Yeah. 70 periods of seven years. What is 70 times 7? 490. So let, let's, just, let's just use the years here, okay? So the, Gabriel told uh, Daniel, he said, it's going to take 490 years to bring Israel into completion in this new covenant, to purge them of their iniquity and to bring in the Messiah, anoint him, you know what I'm saying, as king over you. So it's going to take 490 years. Now, what you need to know is he didn't say it would be 490 consecutive years. How many minutes are in a football game? 60 minutes. Is the game over in 60 minutes? How long does the game last? Three hours, right? Why? Because those 60 minutes don't run consecutively. They stop them. They pause. They go out of bounds. They have halftime. They call timeouts. Right? So, yeah, it's a 60-minute game, but it takes longer than 60 minutes to watch it. Gabriel is telling, he's, he's telling Daniel, he said, it's going to take 490 years to bring completion to Israel, to get them into this new covenant. See, they rejected the Messiah, right? They rejected the new covenant. But God's going to still get them in it. And it's going to take 490 years, but not... 490 consecutive years or this would already be done. Right? But he explains it now. So I'm just setting you up for that so I want you, so maybe the, the rest will be a little easier to understand. Verse 25, he says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. So that'd be 69, right? Uh, the wall shall be built again, and uh, it, it, the street shall be get, built again in the wall, even in troublous times. So he's telling Daniel this. He says, look, from the time, at this time, Jerusalem's destroyed. They're in Babylonian captivity. But Gabriel's saying, from the time the commandment's given to restore that city, which Artaxerxes the king gave, Nehemiah, Ezra, and all them, they worked on that. Uh, to restore Jerusalem. He said, from the time that that commandment's given until the time that the Messiah comes will be 69 weeks. 69 nine times 7 is what? 483, right? So he says, it'll take 490 years to complete my covenant with Israel. But from the time that commandment's given to restore Jerusalem, until the time that the Messiah comes, that will be 483 years. How many know we got a problem? There's still seven years left to go. That's right. 
Right? Is that, is that clear to you? All right. Now, if I can walk you through this next verse, I'll feel like I've been a good math teacher. All right. Here we go. Let's try this. All right. Now, the next verse says in uh, verse 26, after three score and two weeks or 62 weeks, 62 times 7 is 434 years. So after 434 years, um, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince, that's talking about the Antichrist, that shall come, shall, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Now what is he saying here? What's this, what's this got to do with anything? He says, well, from the time that the commandment's given to, be, to rebuild the city till Messiah comes, that's 483 years. But from the time the city's rebuilt, it's done, it's done, it's completed, to the time the Messiah comes, that's 434 years. See, from the time the commandment's given, it's 483. From the time it's done, it's 434. The difference is 49 years. So he's simply letting Daniel know, it's going to take 49 years to rebuild Jerusalem. Did you all follow that? Yes. Now why do I see glazed eyes? <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to say it one more time. I want you to get it. It'll be 400, from the time the commandment's given till the Messiah comes, will be 483 years of dealings with your people. Amen. But from the time that city is rebuilt, it'll be 434 years, which means it took 49 years to rebuild it. All right? So he's just giving him time from when the commandment was given. He's also giving him time, time from when the commandment's given to the time of the Messiah. He's also giving time from when the city's done to the time of the Messiah. Now, do you got it? Here's the good thing for Israel. Well, good and bad. Uh, verse 27. He, the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. How many know one week is what? Seven years. What's the tribulation period? Seven years. Uh, and in the midst of the week, or in the middle of the tribulation period, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation or the offering to cease. Now, how many know Jesus told us this, that, and Paul told us this, that he would put himself in the temple and say he's God. He would declare himself to be God. So, in the, see, he's going to make a covenant with Israel for that seven-year period. But in the middle of it, he is going to get so bold, so brassy, so, so deceived, so satanic that he will go into the temple and claim himself to be God. He will cease the sacrifice that Israel's making to the God of their fathers. He will cease that offering. When he does that, they will know this is not the real deal. This is not who we thought it was. Amen. They know he's not the God of their fathers. Come on. And he's going to turn on them. And look what it says, verse 27 again. We're closing right here. And, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the offering to cease. And the King James kind of, it's hard to understand the King James. New King James clears it up a little bit. It says, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate. The New King James says, on the wings of abomination uh, shall be one that makes desolate. He's going to come in and make things desolate on the wings of his abominations. Does that make more sense to you? Now, and until, until, even until the consummation that is, you could say, is determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In other words, he's going to do this until it's time for something to be poured out on him. 
That's called the deliverer coming out of Zion that Paul prophesied in Romans chapter 6. He's going to come. He's going to deliver the children of Israel. Did that make any sense to you at all? All right. I know it's a little hard. It's hard for me. I have to refresh myself on that to remember that. But just know this. That tribulation period has two purposes. It's the wrath of God. It is God's final dealings with Israel to bring them into this new covenant. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna sign an agreement. They're going to get in covenant with the Antichrist. In the middle of it, they're going to know he's not it. This was wrong. We made a mistake. Their covenant's going to be broken. He's going to turn on them. He's going to gather the armies to destroy them. And their Savior is coming out of heaven, hallelujah, with the church. Yeah. Hallelujah. We obviously aren't really going to have to fight much because we're going to be wearing white garments. You don't wear white garments to war. And the Bible says he's going to come back. <laughs> Jude, the seventh from Adam, prophesied it. He's coming back with ten thousands of his saints to make war on the ungodly. And we're going to be with him. And the Bible says he's going to destroy the Antichrist and his armies with the sword of his mouth. His word's going to come forth and that's it. And Israel's going to look and say, there is our Savior right there. It was that lowly man from Galilee. Hallelujah. It was Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son. It was him. And it says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. They'll see the scars. And they'll realize he was the Messiah all along. And Paul said, I love it. All Israel shall be saved. They'll all come into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. What a Savior. You know what? Here's, here, and I said this earlier, but here, here's, and Jill, you can go ahead and come up. Here's the exciting thing about this. is All, I gave, all I've given you is a preview of what we're going to be a part of. We're coming back with it. Can you imagine that, what that's going to be like? What is the world going to say when the rapture of the church comes? Well, you know how goofy the media is nowadays. How goofy politicians are, some anyway, are nowadays. The things that they'll come up with, you know. But, you know, people, will, people there'll be many people that will know. They will know. They will know. They will know that church was right. Jesus came back and I wasn't ready to go. You say, well, that puts fear in me. It should. It should put the fear of God in you. That's what it's all about. You know, for us believers, it puts hope in us. Matter of fact, we say, come, 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 Lord Jesus. One brother said one time, his, his, his minister, he said his daughter told him, said, because, uh, uh, you know, I preach on Jesus, come back soon. And she told him, she said, I, she was just young, you know. She said, Daddy, I don't want Jesus coming back before I get married. Well, how do you know Jesus coming back? I love being married. Teed, you saved yourself something right there. Amen. I love being married. But it, it's not going to compare with being with Jesus. Right? And I know Phyllis would say the same thing. I mean, it would be mighty close for her, I know. But, you know. <laughs> 
I mean, it won't even be close, right? Amen. But, but she said, Daddy, I, I, I don't want Jesus to come back till we get married. He said, well, she's married now, so he can come back. Praise God. Amen. I mean, I don't believe he's going to wait on anything. He's got his own timing, doesn't he? We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know. Could be today. We don't know. I've had people tell me, I've had believers tell me, no, I don't believe he's coming today. I don't know why you'd say that. He, he, he's the one that said, look for it any day. He's the one that said, be ready. He's the one saying, the time you think not. Right? The time you're not looking for it. See? He's the one that said it could happen anytime. He's the one that said, come, I come quickly. Any moment, anytime. So it could happen anytime, couldn't it? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.